0: You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Um, okay, without further ado, We are going to get into the Word of God this morning, and I am really excited because if you've been with us this summer, we've been in a beautiful series in the book of Proverbs. It's been an amazing summer series, and uh, God has moved and spoken to us. Last week, we had Pastor Sean Nakamoto from Life Springs Church, amazing sermon, just encouraging us to love God and love people. Um... Go listen to all those if you have not. But today is exciting, is that we are starting a new Sunday sermon series in the book of Philippians. And so I'm excited. If you don't know the book of Philippians, you are really excited. But if you do know, also you uh, are are stoked on this. And we are going to, for the next seven months, yeah, we're going to crawl through this thing. Um, Next seven or so months, we're going verse by verse, chapter by chapter, Studying Paul's letter written to the church in Philippi. And we'll be in it most Sundays, obviously, with the exception of a few different occasions, Christmas being part of that. But for the majority, from now until Easter, Easter next year, we are going to be camping out in the book of Philippians. And so even if you can't make it every week, you'll, you'll know where we're at. Or if you're like, hey, what did we study this week? It's like just just bookmark the book of Philippians at church, that at church. We're going to be going through it for like seven months. Um, but I couldn't be more stoked because I really feel like the Lord wants to speak to us through his word and continue to make us a community following Jesus, seeking renewal in the land. And... Uh, let me just, before we get into it, because we're going to dig into an introduction into this letter and the first two verses today, but let's go ahead and pray over today and really just over these next seven months. I uh, want you join with me as we ask God to meet us through his word. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our midst as a church ohana. God, we thank you how you've knit us together. We thank you that we all come from different places and different walks and we're at different ages and we thank you though that despite our differences that you're the thing you are the one thing that anchors us that we sit under your tutelage you're our, our our lord and our savior and our and our and our teacher and so holy spirit we ask that you would teach us through your word Through this letter that you inspired by, written by Paul to that church some 2,000 years ago, we thank you, Lord, that this letter is still for us today. And God, we we don't want to miss out. We don't want to miss out on what you have for us. So Holy Spirit, grab each of our attention. God, make it personal. God, we know that you can do that. That there may be a 100 people in this room and all of us are, In different places but we know holy spirit you can speak to each of us in exactly the way we need it today so would you minister to us through your word pray over this next seven months that you would just have your way um yeah god we don't want to get in the way of what you have your kingdom come your will be done uh in our church as it is in heaven pray this in jesus name amen amen well i'm sure you're like me in that uh you love, we love the Bible. Like I love the Bible. It's absolutely incredible. But sometimes, certain books just resonate a little bit more depending on the season you're going through. right? Like that's just how God uses His word. Right? There's 66 books compiled into the Bible we have, all different genres. There's different context to them, there's different subjects, but God is so good that depending on the season of life we're in, there may be certain times where certain books or certain chapters or certain stories, God uses them in really profound, specific ways. And as a church, the book of Philippians is is just that. I think think actually in the timing of our church too, because what we'll, we'll see is that The book of Philippians is actually a letter. We call it a book, but it's a letter. It wasn't chapters and verses. It was a handwritten letter. We've just broken it up into chapters and verses to to study it and to kind of find out certain sections of it. But this was a letter written by the Apostle Paul and his sidekick Timothy to a young church that he had only a handful of years prior helped start himself. It's a very personal letter. This is a personal people that he knew. He helped start this church, and he's writing, writing this letter to them. And before we get into the details in this letter and what it means for all of us even here today, why this resonates with us as a church, Reality Honolulu, And why I think it's really applicable and formative to us as Reality Honolulu this season, is that we too are a fairly young church, fairly new church. Uh, We turn six years old this coming October. So like in a month and a half, we turn six. But really, if you know our story, this is kind of the third iteration of this church. Let me explain. The first phase is when my wife and I moved here some seven years ago alongside a handful others of you and with the intent to start this church from scratch, start a new community. We thought God was calling us to do that, uh, so we just stepped out in faith and moved our families. At that time, my son was nine months old and my daughter was three years old. This is crazy, crazy, uh, but amazing. And we stepped out in faith along with many of you, Tituses, God bless you, uprooting your whole families to be here. Uh, so many others came over, and not only that, but God so graciously called a handful of others from here to join in this new work. Kaimana over there, pointing out for a second. Uh, one of our elders here was one of these first ones among many others that just, but I think by the Holy Spirit's leading, just was like, oh, I wanna be a part of that new work. And so Mana's been here since the beginning. Um, but we started with this little group in October of 2017 in Kaimu Um The principal Joe, that, that is here, was the principal there, and he is the only human being that said yes to me. I went to 20 different schools or venues or meeting spaces, and everyone looked at me and said, no. Wouldn't even give me a second meeting. So there was no choice to this. God just opened one door when we walked through it, and it was Joe. It was Joe Passantino, the principal here, that just didn't say yes at first, but he walked with me across the campus in a right off I there. And he was just reading me the whole time, asking me questions, and he's like, I'll give you a chance. I'll give you a chance. And he did. And that's an incredible story. And we're still, you know, we're still walking in that open door that God has given us. Yeah, it's praise. It's amazing. So we started October 2017. And then two and a half years later, March 2020 happened. COVID. So we couldn't meet in the school. Obviously, we, we stopped meeting. And we had an incredible two and a half fruitful two and a half years until that and then we pivoted and the best that we could We did church and we navigated all that was going on that season online for 15 months Like God let me never go back (laughs) Right because that was just difficult for everyone in the whole planet Let alone leading a church and navigating every issue and doing it all online so hard um don't wish it upon my worst enemy honestly but god was faithful to provide and sustain and then again during covid god moved right means god's sovereignty moved joe to kelly kolani middle and he is the one that approached us and said i would love for you to come with me to be a part of this if that's what is best for your church Um, So exactly two years ago actually, which is crazy, August 1st, 2021 So exactly two years ago is when we started re-meeting So for some of you, you may think we're two years old But it's really like we're just, this is the third iteration of a six-year journey Aliolani, online, and now Ke'elikolani, middle And so for some of you, the church is almost six years old, and for some it's only two It's kind of funny how that is but the reason why I say that is that Paul's letter was to a church just like us that was just young and it was fledgling and it was, it, was, it was not that old and it wasn't like this 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old in this place. And so what Paul was doing is some 2,000 years ago, he was writing to a group of believers just like us. Again, this was they were very different different culture, different issues, different city, different time in the world. But the audience that Paul is writing this letter to is actually very similar to us. It's just this young church trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus in their local context. Cuz there was some like very specific local stuff in Philippi back then that Paul will write to. And so over the last next 7 months We'll bring it up because it's very specific. But all that said, I think the audience that Paul wrote then is pretty similar to us. And so the exhortation that I have to all of us is, let's listen up this season. Like, I think these words are for us. Like, in this time in our church, again, if you think we're two or six, same difference. These are meant, these words are meant to inform us and shape us to grow into a community that's following Jesus, seeking renewal in this land. And so let me go ahead and read the first two verses today to give us a little context of some of the main players in this letter. So if you do have a Bible, love for you to open to the book of Philippians. Again, I do have it on the screen. I'll be reading out of the NIV translation. But please, over the next seven months, bring your Bible. Love for you to open up with me. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles over there uh, that you can use right now or keep if you don't have one. But here is the beginning of this letter, and this is what it says. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Okay, that's who the letters from and directed to, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so the authors who wrote this, it's Paul and Timothy. So Paul the Apostle may not need too much introduction, but he is one of the main players or characters in the New Testament Uh, Outside of the Gospels, we see in here the story of Paul's conversion and his involvement in the spread of Christianity through the Middle East, Northern Africa, and into Europe, all in the book of Acts. If you want to do like Paul's biography, just go read the book of Acts. It's pretty much the story of God saving him, redeeming him, using him to see the gospel spread into churches to be planted, um, and really from that to reach the ends of the earth. But then not only that, but if you read the New Testament, 13 of these books we have in the New Testament were written by Paul. So not only do we see the story of kind of his life and his missionary journeys through the book of Acts, but then 13 books were written by Paul. Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, these are all letters That Paul wrote, and they're either general or or church addressed, or some of them are very personal or pastoral, right? Kind of a fancier word is they're these epistles, another word for letter. These are Pauline epistles. They're letters written to either a city where a group of believers and churches are, or they're letters just to Timothy and just to Titus kind of thing. And so one of those, obviously, is Philippians that we are studying today. And this is a general or a church-specific letter written to this young church in Philippi. Uh, See, Paul, he was primarily a missionary, a church planter. Um, He definitely was like, you know how some of us say we're not like managers or we don't like doing the same thing over and over every day? Some of us are really good at that. Some of us are more entrepreneurial. We like starting new things Once that new thing gets started, we put people in place, we start another thing, that's Paul. Paul was not like the manager to stay at one place at one time. He was very, um, we would call it like an apostolic type leader. Or many would refer him as 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 an apostolic type leader where he didn't just lead one church, but he more helped the whole kingdom of God spread globally. And he raised up and equipped leaders to lead local congregations, and then he would just move on. I mean, he was a pioneer. He was uh, Paul the Apostle. But because of that, he was heavily persecuted for these endeavors. And he would ultimately be put in jail in Rome and then martyred for his faith. And this letter we hold today, this letter to Philippi, it really is a priceless piece of history because it is one of those last letters that he penned while in prison. So he is in Rome, he's under house arrest, uh, under the, the guard of the Praetorian Guard, which was, you know, Caesar's like special, you know, secret service type people. He is jailed for his faith and he's writing these letters to these churches or these peoples in some sense as his last testament, his last words, because he really was uncertain of his future. But it wasn't only him, right? We see who contributed to this letter specifically. But also we see from the first few, few verses of our letter today that Timothy was also part of this formation or authorship. And if you don't resonate with Paul, I think more of us might relate to Timothy. Timothy was not this like very bold, boisterous, go-getter, entrepreneur, type A. I mean, Paul was like that. Timothy was like young and timid and has a lot of health issues, and like he did, like stomachs all the time. Like he just was like just kind of this young guy that was just going along for the ride and tried his best to be faithful, and God obviously used all of that for his glory. But I think a lot of us would go, oh yeah, Timothy. More like, some of us might be the, the Pauls, but Anyway, Timothy was one of Paul's closest mentees. Paul referred to him many times throughout many of his letters as a son, as a partner, as a fellow worker, and a servant of Paul's life mission. And not only would would, uh, that, but Timothy would become a pastor himself. Paul would raise him up, give him the torch, so to speak, And say, Timothy, it's all you now. And so Paul was very connected to him in his life and ministry. He would go on to plant churches alongside Paul. Timothy worked with Paul and Silas and helped start churches, uh, notably in Corinth, Thessalonica, and in Philippi. We're going to hear more about Timothy in detail in chapter 2 of our letter. Paul writes some really special things about him. Some really kind, encouraging, uh, like father-esque things to his young son Timothy in the faith. But what we can gather is that Timothy is around Paul, most likely visiting him in Rome in jail, during the writing of this letter. He's kind of doing it with Paul, not necessarily imprisoned with him, but kind of there or around him. And it's, he's helping to form these words that are being sent to this church in Philippi. Okay, so now we got kind of the authorship. It's important. Come back to it a lot. But who is this letter written to? Right, who are these believers in Philippi? What is this church all about, and how did it get started? What's their story? Well, what's so beautiful is we don't always get this in detail throughout every church, but we actually have in detail how the church in Philippi was formed, and it's during Paul's second missionary journey Acts chapter 16. And so if you do have a Bible, you can hold hold yourself in Philippians. And if you want to turn backwards to the book of Acts chapter 16, I'm going to read the whole chapter. It's 40 verses, but it is the formation story of the church that this letter is being written to. And it's how Paul and Timothy meet. I mean, it gives us the whole backstory of this whole letter. It's really important. So... In advance, I'm going to get names pronounced wrong. I'm just going to do it. So, that's okay. Uh, we're going to read it, though. And allow this just be brought into the story of how this church was formed. And then we'll look at a few things. Acts 16, 1 through 40. Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived. And Timothy's, we heard about his family. Timothy's mother was Jewish. And a believer and whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. And Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. That's how they meet right there. So he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. For the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. But the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Messiah and down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Verse 11. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Samothras. And the next day, we went on to Nepolis. <laughs> From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony. That's important to note. And the leading city of the district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia. Remember her. A dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. That is the very first church service. Reminded of that. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded them. Right there, start of the church. Then verse 16, look what happens. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope in making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas. They dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. This is in the city of Philippi. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are are Jews. They are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. Verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and they were singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison was shaken at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped but Paul shouted don't harm yourself we are all here the jailer called for the lights they rushed in and, and, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of him, a word, the word of the Lord to him, and all the others in his house. At that hour, the night of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. That's one way to grow the church. There's more members of this new church, right? Then when it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told him, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, They beat us publicly without a trial, even though we were Roman citizens, and threw us into prison. And now do you want to get rid of us so quietly? No. Let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported to the magistrates, and when they had heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from prison, requesting them to leave the city. Verse 40. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house where the church was meeting, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. Okay, I know that's a lot there, but over the course of the next seven months, we're probably going to come back to that. There's some significant context that's important, but I want to point out a few things. Number one is Matt. You have that, Matt? Okay, so, okay, I'm just going to... is when he got to Rome, which he's writing the letter that he's imprisoned with. I can get the mic back. But my point is, is that if you remember on Paul's missionary journey, right near the top there is where Timothy was living, near kind of modern-day Istanbul a little bit. And that's when Paul met Timothy. And hear what Paul said? I just felt like he was supposed to come with me. That's what he said. I don't know why Timothy's mom gave him up, honestly, at that moment. But he followed Paul, and they crossed the sea there, and this, this really this first time the gospel had ever reached the European content, uh, continent was with uh, the Holy Spirit, really through a dream it seems like, leading Paul and Timothy to start this church. And what I think is so neat is that this church was so grassroots, like it was not like um, like you can start a church in a million different ways. But really, what it was was like just these businesswomen. Uh, we know because because of, of the purple linen or the purple robe, she was probably a wealthy woman. This Lydia, this maybe wealthy, influential woman, just God saved, and then she was hospitable enough to open up her home, and then. The church started, and then God miraculously saved some more people at the jail. They joined the church, and literally the church just started by God just changing people's hearts and them, like, doing life together and going to each other's houses and worshiping God and praying and reading the word. Like, we, we can, we're really good at complicating church. This is church. Church is like, let's just follow and love Jesus together and come to my house and let's do it together. Like, that is the church. And when the church gets big enough, the reason why you go out of a living room is because you need a bigger room. Like, the whole, the whole point of church is not to, like, get the most people in the room at the same time. That's not the, that's not the point. The point is, like, this is, like, I love it because it's so pure. It's grassrooty of, like, what the church is to be about. But also what's, what's significant is this move of God was met with heavy persecution. Right? There was a lot going on. Right? This Roman colony where Caesar was exalted as king was being confronted by this message that actually Jesus was the true king. And actually we shouldn't concentrate our, in our citizenship on earth, or rather, rather our citizenship in heaven. Very confronting ideas to the way of life. We're going to hear all about it in the book of Philippians. But it caused an uproar. It caused a stir. And so that's why we see this imprisonment. But like throughout the Bible, when anything happens, any type of persecution happens, you know how God uses it? Just to grow his church even more. Like that's the way that it's always worked. That's the way that it happened in the book of Acts. It was just this little small 12 disciples in in Jerusalem, and then the church grew, and then they were heavily persecuted, and they were dispersed throughout the region. You know what that did? Just made more churches. It made more believers. The gospel went farther, actually, because of the persecution. That's exactly what's happening here in the city of Philippi. God shows himself mighty by breaking Paul and Silas out of prison, and then all of a sudden, this, like, new people infiltrates way of life with this new church. And then I love it, because after this whole story, Paul, like, kind of circles back to Lydia's house. Right? I'm giving you the cliff notes of Acts 16. But that's what happens, right? Like, save, church started, persecution, more people. They go back to Lydia's house. And what it says is that Paul encourages the brothers and sisters there. And that's not just like, hey, good job. It's probably like a church service. It's probably like reading the scriptures and praying and worshiping together and taking communion together. He's encouraging them because then he leaves he leaves. And fast forward a few years from that moment when Paul leaves Lydia's house, here we are, and Lydia, most likely Lydia or the church in Philippi, is now reading this letter. This letter, like let's just say, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of adding to it, so so don't hate me. Say Lydia and the crew is still meeting in the same house or whatever. Probably it's bigger by then. But they read this letter. And again, for them, Acts 16 just happened a few years before. But do you see now how Paul, he's writing in prison some of his final thoughts to this church that we actually will learn. He kind of plays some favorites, and he says it's his favorite, some about this church in Philippi. Maybe it was how they started, maybe how it's going. But Paul, he's writing this letter, some final thoughts to them. And what he does is he shares not only about himself and what he's learned about his own journey following Jesus, but he talks about what the church should be like, how Christians in a church should act and think and treat others and love their community we are going to break it down, the main themes that we're going to see over the next three months, or excuse me, seven months, is unity, humility, and joy in all circumstances. It's how to be unified. It's how to be humble the way Jesus was humble. And to be joyful in all circumstances. These are the things that Paul is trying to get across in these four chapters in this letter. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up by exhorting us in, in a few ways. One is, church, God has preserved this letter for us at such a time as this. Like it's God's sovereignty that we even have this. This is like a piece of antiquity, what we have in our Bibles today. If you believe that Bible is God's word and this is real, this is from a Roman prison 2,000 years ago to a church in the city of Philippi, modern Greece. This is an actual letter to an actual people. And God's preserved it for us. And so instead of thinking of it as a letter written to Philippi, what if for the next seven months we said, this is a letter God writing to Reality Honolulu. Right? It'll, it would absolutely, we would, we would come to attention if this was to us. I want to I change our mindset and say, think of it that way. Because C- really it is. These concepts, these truths, the truths about who God is and how to live for God, it's all for us the same as it was for them. But church, let's commit ourselves to listening to what it says these next seven months. Because he, he, here's what I want to challenge you in. I'm not not singling out anyone. Don't say you go to church. Just don't say you come to church anymore. Just think of it as like, whoa, there's this letter that God preserved for me that I'm going to go and I'm going to receive from my God that day. Like, I'm going to hear what he has. It's very different than like, I'm just going to come to church. Okay. It's a little light. And I know we all say that. I say that. I'm going to church today which is is good but what if we just changed our mindset for seven months right now just take one sunday at a time and know that god wants to speak to each of us and so guys let's prepare our hearts for it like let's let's our mind and our hearts let's ask god today during worship to prepare us for what he has for us because god does want to speak to you he wants to speak to me he wants us all to be transformed to be more like him and so I want to encourage us to come to church each week like anticipating God to speak. Not like wondering if he will. Just go, no, he, he is. He's going to. So let's, like, even if it's this, and maybe this will help you because I'm kind of practical. Even if you literally had a really busy week, you didn't think about F- Philippians or church at all, and you're getting here next Sunday morning, even just remember this, as you're walking from your car up the stairs. Say this one prayer. Okay, God, I just want to receive everything you have for me today. Change your heart. Just, just, just that one little prayer and I guarantee you, you'll you come in with a different posture to just go, okay, journal's out. God, what do you have? How do you want me to change? Because I think that's what, what the purpose of this letter is. Not only to just go, ah, oh, that's cool. like That's awesome. Paul said that. <laughs> no, that's not even the point. The point is God wants to speak through his word to us to be transformed. And again, I understand if you can't make it every week, that's the beauty of YouTube and podcasts. No, it is though. Just put it on in the car, on a run. You can do it. Again, I just want to go on this journey with you. So I'm speaking to myself too of like, oh, God has this letter for us. Let's do this together. Let's come hungry for him to speak. And also, I just don't want any of us to miss out on what God wants to do. Because it's easy. We can just easily miss out. Like There's this move of God happening, and we can miss out on it. And I don't want, as a pastor or shepherd, I just don't want any of us to miss out on like, what God wants to do in and through us this next season here at Reality Honolulu. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word that really you've miraculously preserved. I mean, if we think of even it compared to other pieces of literary history, your word is by far um, the most well-preserved, without error (laughs) piece of history we have. And it's your word to your people. And so, God, we don't want to take light of that. We know that you're a God that is living and active and that you've given us your word To teach us, to correct us, to, to reprove us, to train us in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. Like that is what your word is for. And so in this beautiful letter that we have from your son Paul to this beautiful church of your people in Philippi, we say, God, we want Reality Honolulu to get the most out of it these next seven months. God, I know we're, we're all in different places. We're all at different stages in our faith. But we thank you that your word is for all of us, regardless of where we're at. So God, I pray for myself. I pray for every single person in this room. I pray for those that are going to hear this later or come next week or in the following months. Holy Spirit, have your way with us. We want to be more like Jesus. We want, to be, we want to decrease so that you would increase in our life. We want to be more generous. We want to be more loving. We want to be more, more giving to those around us. God, we want to be a church that just is like this church in Philippi, that doesn't complicate it, that just is real and authentic and hospitable, and full of praise and full of prayer for one another and for our world around us. So God, do that. We thank you in advance for what you want to do. And even as we enter into this time of worship, we say, God, have your way. You be exalted. You be magnified. You be glorified in this place. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.